Hello and welcome to another episode of The Offline Gamer. This is episode 67. Ooh. Ooh. And this is our UKGE wrap-up for 2021. I'm Ray. I'm Matt. And let's talk about this year's expo, I guess. Indeed. It's uh, a bit lighter than planned because uh, we just had trouble getting our schedules to line up and things. But uh, but yeah, it was nearly a month ago now we were at UKGE. In fact, yep. as of recording, tomorrow will be four, four weeks. Well, no, not four weeks. One month since the expo. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy to think about. Um, shall we talk about the show in more general terms first before we uh, talk about the games and things that we uh, we looked at? Uh, what did you yeah. uh, What did you think about how the show was just uh, run in general, the press event and the show itself? I mean, I didn't particularly see much difference apart from in size to previous years. Yeah, I mean, yeah. the press event was still fairly large. I don't know whether that was just because it was spaced out, but there was still more people than you could ever get round to in the like yeah whatever it is two a, hours we had that hit list didn't we and we managed to uh, get yeah through. we got a couple mostly we just went up to people and said we'll come and see you later yeah um and gave away maps and business cards yeah i think the only the only thing that was kind of a bit sucky was food because mm. there were no there was no um street food um whatever it's called, Grub Street or what was it? Yeah, yeah, at the Hilton. Yeah, um, but there was also nothing outside either. So, like, the Vikings were just sort of on their own. Like, at least when there were food trucks out the front, there might be people going out and, you know, walk past and, and yeah, get, yeah. get intrigued. Um, and also just because the sandwich selection that's in the uh oh, i can't remember what they call them like on the go or something the, oh, little, the, the ones around the side of the hall yeah the NEC. they're, they're yeah, a bit yeah. naff um there were burgers uh hot pork rolls yeah. and coffee and that sort of stuff in the open play hall um but also you know NEC prices, so yeah. I, mean, I quite enjoyed that. the barbecue chicken panini I had, but yeah, it was a bit pricey. Yeah, like if if you were gonna go there, you kind of had to get a meal deal to feel like you weren't being completely screwed. <laughs> yeah. Even then, the meal deal was eight pounds twenty five. It's a far cry so, from three pound fifty, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, it's a far cry from a Tesco. Yeah, Tesco meal deal. Um, but yeah, other than that, I. I mean, it didn't seem too too much different. Um, yeah, I, I agree. The the I mean, the halls were well spaced out. I think I think that was the main thing. There was a bit, maybe a bit more of a gap between the both sides of the aisles. Um, yeah, I mean, there's yeah, there's still plenty of points where people were pushing past each other. Yeah, there were a few choke choke points. I mean, the, the retailers yeah. obviously got quite busy as they usually do. They so. always do. Yeah. Um. It, you know, there was a lot of people wearing masks. Most people were wearing masks, I think. There were there were a few not, but I think, given, uh, you, you know, you don't know why people aren't wearing masks because they got health problems or whatever. So, and uh, there was a high enough percentage of people wearing masks that uh, I don't think that was a that was an issue. And I haven't heard any horror stories about like um, 
uh, cases going up due to the UKGE or anything like that? No. Um... I only know one person who got a... Uh, oh, no, two. I know two people who got a ping from the app. I don't know anyone else who had to isolate or anything like that. No. Um, and you did have to have a pass, a COVID pass. Yeah, that's, kind that's one of. thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they weren't really checking to make sure it was yours. As long as you could just show them a barcode on your phone, then they were letting you. I mean, it was the same as uh, same at the F1. Oh, yeah. They, they just had the security guys looking at your phone and saying, yeah, that's fine, you can go in. And it sort of confuses me a bit because it's how we you know what's the point of having the barcode to scan in if you're not going to scan them in and verify that it's legit i guess it's because they don't have time yeah um or they don't have the equipment or whatever it's sort of uh, just i don't know makes a mockery the whole thing there <laughs> to well, me anyway it was it was it was very easy to like you could if you went on thursday and you had one pass as i did you could keep that wristband on until the end of saturday yeah um and then you could just then uh have another one on sunday but the idea was you were supposed to have one for thursday friday and one for saturday sunday yeah so you could have gone to three different days when you were only supposed to go to two just because of the way it overlapped um but yeah Hey, it was it was all right in the end, and so that's the only thing that yeah. I was slightly concerned about. Um, but you know, I thought the show was well run; it was fun. I, I actually think I had more fun this year than I have in the last couple that we've been to, purely because we, although we were rushing a bit, because obviously I was dragging you around with the camera to to do stuff. Um, I didn't feel like we were as rushed as we have been in the past. Yeah, I still like part of me wants to just go sit and play games. Yeah. in in the open gaming area uh like you buy can do that buy anywhere it. you can't do it anywhere and also i don't know it's just a, it's like the big hall full of nerds yeah i suppose you're right and it's a different uh, atmosphere, isn't it? like you can definitely always find someone to kind of come and join in or you can go and pick up a game uh and find someone to play it with you yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year with the Hilton, whether they do move back into it or whether they just stick with using three halls in the NEC. Um, I think the queuing thing, having a separate hall for queuing was good because it means everyone wasn't gathered around in the, uh, you know, just the normal corridors. Yeah. Cor are they corridors? I don't know what you call them. A the atrium? Is that what it's called? I don't know. I don't know. Um, people were still queuing uh, close to each other, though. Yeah. And I was like... Surely the point of having the hall is that people space out, but it seems people are still stupid. Yeah. Um. Okay. So that's the show in a general sense. Oh, let's talk about the food saga. <laughs> so um, what did we do on Thursday? So Thursday we had, we had burgers in the uh, the press preview, didn't we? Because they had a few of the little, um, uh, like, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, they're not food, food well, they're stalls, aren't they? But they're like, they're like little on fake, trailers, fake trucks, fake trailers, and things. Yeah, yeah. So we had we had that, and then first, and then Friday we went to. What did we do on Friday? Friday we went to the Vietnamese street kitchen, I think. Oh, that's right, and that was very nice. And then Saturday, we had a Saturday bit of a... was a bit of a nightmare <laughs> because we didn't book somewhere. Yeah, we should hindsight we should have done. Yeah. Because we couldn't get a seat anywhere at all. No. So we ended up going back to the apartment we'd, we'd rented and uh, just having five guys, didn't we? 
Yeah. Which ironically came from the same place we just were. Did it not? No, I think it came from one in the opposite direction. Oh, was it? Okay. In that case, then, I'm talking nonsense. Um, Is there five guys at Resorts World, then? Yes. Yeah, there was. There was. I'm sure. I was almost sure it came from that one. We walked past it and we went, nah, that's Oh, yeah, we're not standing in that queue. Yeah, yeah. There's there's a massive queue and there's nowhere to sit. Um, So, yeah, we had that. And then on Sunday after the show, we went to... What's that? What's that? What was the name of that Japanese place? Uh, Karaagi. Karaagi, yes. Where I experienced bubble tea for the first time. Yep. Uh, which was very nice. I'm not sure if it lived up to my expectations or not. I don't know what I was expecting. There are a lot more flavours available than they yeah, had yeah. there. And they also seem to have run out of quite a lot of flavours because all the nerds had drunk it all. Yeah. Um, so if you're going anywhere to any shows book somewhere to eat absolutely because uh, otherwise you're gonna have to go home on a hungry tummy yes we're definitely gonna have to, i'm definitely gonna have to um wander around some of the places in birmingham that do bubble tea is there one in selly oak by work there's like four or five is there <laughs> okay yeah i drove drove through selly oak the other week the other weekend i can't remember and there were at least three places that specifically said bubble tea on the outside of the shop. Oh, okay. Cool. And another couple that I was like, I bet they do bubble tea. Um, so there's loads. So I didn't have the tapioca ones though, did I? So what 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 were mine? They were just like normal. They were like the little bursting juice bubbles. Bursting juice bubbles, yeah, okay. So you can get ones with tapioca. I'm interested to try the tapioca ones. Yeah, because you can get milky ones as well. Oh yes. Um yeah, because the one I had was more like just fruit juice with yeah. bubbles in. Yeah. I'm guessing that's not really tea, is it? I mean, it can have tea in it. Oh, like um, like peach like, tea and like stuff green, like that? Green, green tea yeah, or yeah. black tea extract and stuff. Okay. We should start a new bubble tea podcast then. Try and explore bubble tea. tea. Yeah. Bubble tea in Birmingham. BTB. Anyway. So let's talk about the games we saw at the show. So let's, uh, what's, this is where I pull up the photographs on my phone and we go through everything that we saw because uh, I didn't make a list. I took pictures as Mm. usual. So what's the first thing I've got? The first thing I've got is from the press event. It's ah, board games, the board game, the card game from Naylor Games, which is a card game all about making good board games. Which I thought was quite was quite a nice little fun fun little game, and uh, when this comes to Kickstarter, I'm probably going to back this because uh, it looks like a nice little ten minute game and with a with uh, some card drafting placements uh, where you've got to make like sets of cards to get the best out of your board games. So you've got three rows that you have to make a game about. You've got your mass market game, uh, and then your you've got your uh, like what's the word, really niche game. And then you've got sort of one that's in between. And there's different uh, styles like historic and sci-fi and horror and fantasy and stuff like that. And you have to try and make the best games you can. And your games are better if you um, have matching sets and things like that. But then also you don't, you've got an additional element in which you don't want the games that are more niche to be more successful than your mass market game. Do you? Yeah. So you've got to you've got to sort of manage where you put your cards 
to make sure that one the ones the one row isn't worth more than the row next to it because if it is if you do them in the wrong order then you lose points and that row is not worth anything so yeah that was also horrible the... horrible horrible explanation yeah that we have a video on the on the youtube <laughs> we do um of somebody explaining it slightly differently yes uh, we, it's also we... the first game we saw on on the friday yeah and we played it as well yeah and we and, all lost uh, we all lost horrendously but then yeah the extra um, thing you have at the end is um you choose one of your games and you pitch it to the other players so you look at the yeah. cards that you've got in front of you and then you have to make a pitch so mine i think was that was it the arctic volcano yeah uh, a volcano erupts in the arctic and you've got a train that goes up around the outside and you've got to deliver things from the top to the bottom so it yeah. appeals to ticket to ride and um you know that volcano game i forget what it's called again but um yeah, so that, that was volcano. that what did you come up with um i can't remember it may have Fair been enough. something to do with dinosaurs on mars that I sounds I, like the kind I of thing I you had... come up with I know it had some because I had loads of sci-fi stuff, um, and there were dinosaurs, and yeah, they were very like disparate ideas. Yeah. So that's uh, that's board games, the board game, the card game, which is coming to Kickstarter at some point. Um, in fact, most of the games that we're going to talk about are games that are coming to Kickstarter because there were a lot of Kickstarter people there, weren't there? Yes. And, and also uh, a lot of them we have videos of. We do. Pretty much all of the ones we're going to talk about we have videos videos of, including Horror in the Library, which is the next thing we saw at the press preview, where we saw Marcus from Blue Donut, who uh, had a much more polished and uh, ready version of the game than he was showing at 2019. We haven't played this yet, but we have got a, a copy to um, to play and do a review of. So... It's quite complicated to try and explain uh, because we haven't played it. I'll probably be a bit more able to explain what it is once we've actually had a go at it. But um, watch yeah. the video on, on YouTube. Marcus goes all about it, including everyone's favourite card and everyone's favourite monster. Yeah. The Maggot Child. Yeah. Maggot Child. <laughs> Do you like the Maggot Child, Ray? Um, I thought it was uh, fun art. <laughs> yeah. The artwork is. Good I didn't realise what it was called when I stated that I thought the art was fun for the Maggot Child. Uh, we did also go and talk to um, Dranda at the press. Oh, we did. I didn't take a preview. picture of that. Yeah. Uh, we had a quick look at Solar Sphere. Which ooh, I mean, I mean, excited to uh, to try. It's coming. That's launching on Kickstarter very soon. I think within the next two weeks. So. Yep. Um, and we did, of course, go back and talk to him again. Uh, on that was on Sunday. One of, the, one the, of the proper days, yeah. Yeah, I think it was on Sunday because his voice was going by a bit by yeah. the time we got to him. Um, but yeah, that looks good. Um, you've got to build a Dyson sphere around a um, around a star and try and harness all the energy from it, but also uh, while trying to fend off attacks from the uh, local alien species who don't appreciate the fact that you're building a giant sphere around their sun. To steal all the energy for it. So yeah. Um, do you know what a Dyson sphere is, Ray? Are you familiar with the concept? Vaguely. Anyone who's a Star Trek fan will know what it is because there's an episode of the Next Generation where uh, they find a Dyson sphere, and then they find Scotty, who was crashed on a 
ship it on the Dyson Sphere, and he's been in the transporter for like 80 years. How has he been in this? Okay, never mind. The, ex- the episode explains it all. Okay. It's not a convoluted reason to get a, episode, a character from the original series into Next Generation. Not at all. It's perfectly surely, surely the actor would have aged, but not quite 80 years worth of age. Yeah, so he's, he's older than he would have been, but they explain that in the story. He was heading to a retirement colony when his ship crash landed, and he came up with a way to save himself in the transporter until he was rescued. But he wasn't expecting to be rescued 80 years later. Right. Don't worry uh, about that. It's perfectly legitimate plot device. Okay. I think next... I can't remember whether we went and looked at the other library game next or whether we went to see Amulet of Thrayat. I think we did go We did go and look at the other library game, Library Labyrinth. Yeah. But that was just a very brief... Or we'll come by and, again, we'll come by and see you at some point over the weekend. But you, you played this and I didn't play it. I just watched you play Library Labyrinth. So what did you think of that? Uh, yeah, me and Karen played um, and you, you're librarians and you've got to try and... Um, use uh now not necessarily characters from books because some of them are yeah. historic they're historical um what's the word historical Hist- historically figures. significant figures yeah yeah so it's uh you've got to that there, there are monsters that have escaped from certain books and you've got to use cards which have um historical figures on them uh to try and capture those monsters and take them and put them back in their books um and the historical figures are all specifically either women or non-binary people um so no no traditional Mm -hmm. male heaviness um and you get um Monsters like, uh, I've forgotten what, I can't remember <laughs> any of the, any of the, there's like, I don't know. You're too traumatised. Something like that. Yeah. Um, and they go up in, well, there, there are there are different strength monsters um, and you have to match symbols from the historical figures cards to catch them um, and then put them back in their books. And then if there are, f- five monsters on the board at the same time then you lose which is what happened to you yes we got five monsters Ooh. yeah so that's from uh descent games isn't it and again that's coming to kickstarter soonish i thought it was i mean from what from what i saw it looked like a well-polished game considering that uh mill said that they'd only literally like two weeks before changed the game from a board into a bunch of tiles and completely changed how the game plays. So considering you know that had only just happened before they were showing the game off at the expo, I thought it uh, looked, well, mechanically looked pretty polished. Yeah, so it's kind of like um, a mix between the old game Labyrinth that I occasionally mention um, and, uh, oh, I can't remember. It's kind of like Night in the Museum, Labyrinth, and a bit like... Uh, is it betrayal? Betrayal House, House on, on the Hill? Hill? Is that yeah. What you're thinking? yeah, something like that. So you got you got to wrangle all the spooky monsters back into their books. Right. Uh, yeah. So Amulet of Thrax is the next picture I've got from Trolls and Rerolls. 
Now, I, I quite like this. Uh, Karen, I don't think, was as keen on it. Um, I think she found it a bit confusing. Um, basically, there's like this big circular board with six districts on, and you uh, win points by like harvesting the souls of the peasants and things like that and yeah. trying to kill people to make sacrifices. Um, yeah, you, you again, are a, a cult. Yeah, cult. Yeah, you're a cult. And I, I quite like the different cults. There is one cult that believes everything is a board game. And so they just roll dice for everything, which is quite fun. Um, again, video on our YouTube channel explaining the game and the rules. But um, yeah, I quite like this. Um, I thought it had a few new things that I'd never never played before or never uh, experienced before. Did you enjoy Amulet of Thrax? Yeah, I thought it was quite fun. Yeah. Um, I think the... Uh, the movement of the amulet in the middle, we didn't really experience that much because somebody, Matthew, played the um, played whatever card it was to make yeah, it stop. stop it. Yeah. So I didn't actually get any goes in the amulet like, district, hot, hot zone or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Because they just didn't get to me. But yeah, I thought it was quite good. Yeah, I like the like it. Uh, the artwork wasn't done, so we didn't get to see the final art. But what was done was uh, was nice. I enjoyed it. Uh, all right, I've got Bez next. We whimsical creatures. Yeah, this is fun. We didn't get a copy, but it's fun. No, because um, she only did a, a limited run and yeah. sold out like immediately <laughs> because she didn't think it was going to be that popular or that good. Yeah, I think it was one of the. Uh, what did she call it? Bezzy bonus bag or something. Yeah. Which is just like a small run of games in a bag. So no, not even any boxes or anything for them. Yeah. So this is a, a game where basically Bez has drawn lots and lots and lots of little monsters on cards. And then you put five of them out on a table. And then you, you choose one at random. I think you get you have to draw a card which tells you which one you've got to do. And then you have to make a noise that you think that monster would make. And then everyone else has to try and guess what monster it is. Yeah. Oh, that's all there is to it, but yeah. it's fun. Uh, I can't remember the full name of the game because it was something really, really, really long. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and there's like, um, but yeah, we we whimsical creatures is like the short version of the name. Let's see if I can find it on the Google. Uh, we whimsical creatures, a game about we whimsical creatures and trying to identify them after someone makes noises. Yeah, there you go. Or just we whimsical creatures. Bezzy budget bag, not bonus bag. It was sold in a resealable plastic bag for £5 at UKG 2021, selling out after a day. A reprint will come by the end of 2021. Oh, well, there you go. That's exciting. Right, uh, what have we got next? I've got plant-based riot next. Is that what you've got? Let me check. Uh, Yes. So this is from Bubblegum Stuff. Now, I would say... Uh, you can go to our YouTube channel to learn all about this, but unfortunately, because I'm an idiot, the audio didn't record correctly for our video interview, which is a shame because actually this was the one that got inter- interrupted by uh, an orc halfway through as well. Mm. So you can probably hear the orc on the video if I was to put it online, but I don't. You can't hear the sound of us talking above, above the like ambient noise in the um, the room. The, the the audio from our microphones didn't record, so whoops. Yes, that was entirely my fault. Um, and I have apologised to them on Instagram. I sent them a message to say, uh, yeah, sorry, you know this. Inter- I know that video we did. Sars. 
Um, and this you'll is a game just, that's on. You'll just have to do a voiceover. What impersonate? Courtney. No, just just take some of the like generic shots and just put them in for thirty seconds. Ago, oh, this is plant based riot. Ah, yes. Available on riot. Kickstarter now. Well, it is, uh, and I don't know how long it's got left. Um, it's almost finished. I've been back it on Kickstarter, so you know, um, there is that. Uh, where is it? Kickstarter plant based riots. It is finishing in three days as of recording, so it will be almost up by the time people hear this. So, yeah. Um, if you want a game about uh, vegetables fighting each other, then that's plant-based right in a nutshell. And it looks fun. We didn't actually play it, <laughs> but I backed it because it's about food. So, you know, there you go. Yeah, and it has puns. Oh, it has lots of puns. Yeah. Food and puns. We talked about the puns on our last episode, didn't we? Because we went through this as a game yes. that we were interested in. So, yeah. yeah, we talked all about this before, so... So, what is next? Autismo. Yep. Now, this is quite nice. It's it's uh, by first-time designer, uh, or a family of first-time designers, uh, who've made a game about autism because uh, the mother is a therapist who's written a book about autism, and the son is autistic. And, um, yeah, we had a good chat with them. And, uh, again, there's a video interview on our website, uh, about what the game's all about. But I, I like the fact that they're trying to, you know, use board games to bring wider awareness to something like this. You see you see a lot of this on Kickstarter at the moment with there's been a few board games over the last couple of years about, like, um, climate change and things like that. And um, some people might think the game looks a bit naive, um, but it's got a style, and I think the style works well for the type of game it is, and especially if they're trying to, get people with autism interested in playing the game as well. I think having the nice bright colours on a very simply designed board is probably not a bad idea. Yeah, I think it was aimed more at like getting into schools and that yeah. sort of thing, as opposed to the hardcore gaming yeah. audience. But I mean, we walked past them a few times over the weekend and they always had people you know, interested in the game and they were talking to people. So obviously they, they did all right over the course of the weekend. So... Yeah, wish them the best of luck with that. What have I got here next? Raptor Island. Ah, we got a review copy of this to look at, uh, which we haven't looked at yet. But um, yeah, I was interested in this because of the whole dinosaur thing, and I'm guessing the same for you, because we like dinosaurs, don't we? Yeah. You know, my nephew likes dinosaurs now, so maybe I can convince him to... um, I know he's only like five or six years old, but it's never too early to start trying to get him into, into gaming. Yeah, again, video on our YouTube channel explaining all about this. Um, we had a quick demo from the designer. And, uh, yeah, it's a fun little card game about, uh, about dinosaurs. Not at all mm-hmm. affiliated with other dinosaur intellectual properties. Media. Yeah. Uh, so next up, we I have a picture of a very early prototype of Origins and Lemons from Mr. Richard Denning himself co-founder of the UK Games Expo. Um, I won't go into this in too much detail, mainly because it was a very unfinished prototype, but also because Richard talked about it quite a bit in uh, our interview with him that we did a couple of episodes ago. So if you go back and listen to that, um, Richard will explain all about that. Yeah, I think uh, uh, at the same time, I think this might have been when we split up because I went to see Drags and Riches Drags at to one riches, point. Yeah. Drags to Riches, yeah. 
um, which is a card game about drag queens. Yeah, this is the one we said was either going to be really good or really bad. So yeah. which side of the scale are you erring towards? I'm erring on the good side because it does like they've got some good art and they do seem like they've actually thought about mechanics and stuff. Um, and it also helps. Well, I guess it helps that they have taken influence from actual real life, fairly famous drag queens, mm -hmm. as opposed to just making shit up. So they actually um, are aware of the drag scene as opposed to being like outsiders to it. Yeah. <laughs> Drug so queens that, are funny. Let's make a game about them. Yeah, none, not it's not. It's not that. It's uh, yeah. So if you if you've if you've seen like a couple of seasons of RuPaul, there are a few uh, characters or cards in there that definitely look like some of the queens who have been on have okay. been on RuPaul's. I'll take your word for it. Yeah. Uh, so that's drugs to riches. Who's that boy again? Do we know? I can't remember. I, I think take he, actually, I don't think he had a name. I think it's just called Drags to Riches. Uh, yeah, it just says self-published on BGG. So, uh, so I've got. I can't remember if I did this while you were still here or not. I've got Coffee and Chaos next, which uh, is an RPG we talked about. I think we talked about this last time. Yeah, uh, and have, I think uh, we did. We put this on because uh, it's a game about coffee, and Karen is obsessed with coffee. So, mm. if it's coffee related, we're going to have a look at it. But it's an RPG and like a mini RPG where um, you can transplant characters from your existing campaign into running a coffee shop and uh, hilarity ensues. And again, we did an interview with uh, Cobblepath Games about this and about their horror RPG, which to be honest, I'm not that <laughs> into it because it's horror. Why don't you say that? We were talking yesterday about playing Dead Space co-op and yeah. there's not many games computer games that are more horror than Dead Space are there, so mm, no. It's it's pretty up there. I mean we could play Fear, but that's even I've done those. Yeah. I've done those. I, I mean playing... you, you you managed to get through Alien Isolation. I did, yeah. I did have to cheat a little bit though. Tisk tisk. I know, sorry. So yeah, Coffee and Chaos. Um and it you use cutlery as the sort of tokens for um deciding how your character is going to approach a specific situation which is quite fun as well so and when it's when it's uh kick-started it's going to come like a little fold-up menu as well mm -hmm. so it's all very thematic and yeah. it looks like a laugh and yes while you were looking at drags to riches i was looking at snapshot yes uh which uh was definitely one that we talked about last time as one that we wanted to see because it's got a cute red panda on the front and this is from Paperboat Games, I think. And yeah, it's a game all about um, collecting. And it's not about collecting sets of animals. It's about collecting sets of pictures of animals um, and to try and win the Photographer of the Year competition. And this is a game, again, that we did uh, get to play over the course of the weekend, which I really liked. And I think this was my pick of the show. Yeah. I think it was my favourite thing that I saw and played. I, I don't think it's anything particularly revolutionary, but I just think that what it does do is it does really well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a bit of drafting and set collect collection, um, which lots of other games have done. 
but um, the mechanics of the game, and, and there's like a little bit of a catch-up mechanism if you don't get uh, the photographs that you want to get as well. So if you do bust you when you're um, doing stuff, you get to like little tokens that you can use to like boost yourself in the future. So it's got a good like little mechanism of making sure that one character, one one player doesn't get too far ahead of the others, which I quite like. Yeah. So it keeps the game interesting. What did you think of this when we played it? I quite enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought it was good fun. Um, I think uh, quite a lot of people seem to have enjoyed it as well. Yeah, um, we were speaking to Martin, uh, one of the designers, and he was talking about uh, the reception I had over the weekend, and I think he was really, really happy with how it had gone. So. Yeah, there were a few people on like um, the board game trading and chat thingy uh group and i I did see a few people saying snapshot was their highlight of the of the show so it it wasn't just us being zealous because there's a panda (laughs) although you know that is that is a that is a good uh yeah selling point cute animals on the front of your box will always go well uh and and yeah you know dice rolling set collection push your luck it's all it's all things that have been done before, but uh, all packaged in a very, very nice way. So, yeah, that's coming to Kickstarter soon. So um, I'm sure we will talk more about that when uh, when it happens. I think that was the last thing we saw at the press preview. Uh, so let's go on to the show itself. Well, we've, I mean, we've been talking about the show anyway, but you know what I mean, the things that we saw at the show. The first picture I've got is Mutants, right? Mutants, yes. Um I don't actually. I didn't actually take a picture of mutants, but um, yeah, mutants. It, so. um, I bought it because I got distracted by the fact that there was a small little, uh, like one-shot zine-sized RPG with a cat on the front. So I went and had a chat with a guy, and I was like, "Oh, can you tell me about this? It looks fun." Um, and basically, you get to play as uh, cats. And you have to go on a little quest or a little mission, um, and it's basically just a really simple um, little RPG um, that he he described. He says, "Oh, I, I occasionally I do it as a one shot, as a, as a sorbet game." And I was like, "That's the first time I've ever heard anyone yeah, say I've sorbet heard game." Say sorbet game. What's that all about? I'm guessing it's just like a palate cleanser. Because uh... I guess if you have a sorbet, it cleanses your palate between. Like I don't know, meals, courses, spicy food, and not spicy. I don't know, whatever. Um, so yeah, they also had um, they had something that was new, which was oh, what's his name? Uh, Mog. They had something based on Brexit. Um, oh a little RPG based on uh, the the fallout of uh, that whole thing. Mm. Yeah, So, I, but I bought Mutants because it looked fun. Um, and there's lots of little pictures of cats in it, so who doesn't want to role-play as a cat? That's well, what indeed. I'm saying. So the next thing that I've got that we looked at, and again, I didn't play, you and Karen had to go at this while I watched, was a fun little card game called Don't Turn Off the Lights. Hmm. Yeah. What was that all about? 
Um, so you're at a sleepover and uh, basically monsters have come to try and take you away um, and you have to try and keep your... You've got five light bulbs in front of you and you've got to try and defeat the monsters um, and not let all your lights go out because when your lights have all gone, then the monsters will come and gobble you up. Um, and I thought the mechanic was was really good. I thought it was quite simple, but it was really useful. Not useful. Um, it worked. You know what I mean. Um, you have, uh, I think you have like two two or three cards. You have a hand, uh, which you can use either to protect yourself, turn your lights back on, or turn other people's lights off. Um, so like redirect the monsters to go and attack somebody else instead of you, yeah. um, protect yourself, all that sort of stuff. Um, so it's a bit of a, what was it? Take that game. Yeah. A little bit, a little bit, um, playing cards on other players to, um, do things. Yeah. Um, but basically, uh, you have your light bulbs and they can turn off. And then if a monster comes out and you've got light bulbs that are off and you don't have enough light bulbs that are still on, it will smash one of your light bulbs so that you then gradually lose uh, the total number of light bulbs that you have. Mm. And then when you get down to zero, you're out. So, yeah, I quite like this. It had really fun art, I thought. Yeah, the the monsters are cool. They're, they're not too scary. No. Um, they're quite... Like cutified, yeah, yeah. I quite liked it. And again, there's a video on our YouTube channel about it. So, yeah. Uh, what have I got next? Lots of jewelry and things. Oh, we swung by Crab Studios, and just to say hello because um, I backed one of their games and uh, done a video on it, an unboxing video, and they were like, oh. On their on their Discord channel, they were like, "Oh, someone's done an unboxing video hmm. of our game." So yeah. I just swung by to say hello. And uh, you played their stacking game called Blockers. Yes, <laughs> I had a go. You did. Uh, Karen had a go on a different day and did better than me. It's kind of like we've we've talked about Kitten before, haven't we? Yeah, yeah, the stack, uh, the way you have to the stack cat the cat stacking game. It's kind of like that, except not with cats. Um, and you have to, the, they were doing a little competition to see who could do the most, uh, get the most points in 60 seconds. Yeah. So I think the, the most that someone had got was like 17 or 18. I think I got like eight and Karen got 13. I think. Yeah, Karen was surprisingly good at this because yeah. uh, dexterity games aren't normally her thing, but uh, yeah. she did well. I was, I think I was being a little bit too anal about it because I was trying to like square them all up to make them perfect. Um, whereas when Karen was doing it, she was flying through it and he was just going, yep, that's fine. And I'm like, but, but, but it's not exactly correctly <laughs> in line. Um, so, yeah. The, the slightly compulsive thing of like straightening things up was to my disadvantage. Mm. 
Uh, next thing I've got is Inspired Isles, which was the RPG for um, with all the sign language stuff. Oh yes. Um, I I was sort of flicking through this, but you, do you get a pitch from the uh, the people who were showing this off? Um, it wasn't really a pitch; and more just having a chat. Okay. Um, so. Well, you probably know more about it than I do. I can't remember very much, to be honest. Um, it, it says here, players, teens, gifted elemental powers, meet famous characters and fearsome creatures from Celtic folklore and work together to heal a dying land and restore a kingdom. And you learn British Sign Language and American Sign Language. Yeah, so I think it's 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 an RPG in a fantastical kind of way. And I I think uh, it might be that you need to use sign language to cast the spells mm. or something like that. Um, so it's kind of working it into the system so that it's just part of the game. Um, and it's got uh, little, um, what's the word, Di- like little diagrams and pictures to show you um, how what you need to do to make the correct signs and say the right words and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I wasn't really talking to them about the game. I was more just talking to them about, like, <laughs> how every, everybody seems to have had a grandma who taught them some random bit of sign language at one point. Um, and, like, that, that, that one lesson you have in primary school where they teach you the, the sign, the BSL alphabet, and that's it. Um, I never had that. I, really I don't know. Anything. I I don't know whether it was at school or whether it was at like brownies or something like that. Um, um, but, but I can't remember. I I know because my grandma used to go and learn it, um, for ages because she had a friend who was deaf or hard of hearing. Oh, okay. Um, and then she used to go to some community center or something um to do it uh but then she moved out of that area and the said friend uh passed away and i think she just stopped going um eventually but yeah i can i can i can spell my name and say like my name is um but that's about it i wouldn't even know where to start wouldn't know where to start you start with the the alphabet sheet that we took from their stand, Matthew. Oh, I must have it in a bag somewhere then. <laughs> well, your yours should be easy because it'll be like M A T T or something. Yeah. T T. I think I think that's a T. Not that anybody listening can see. No, exactly. I don't know what you're doing. You could yeah. be doing any old sort of lewd gesture towards me and say that's a, that's a T, Matthew. Yeah. Did you not? Did you not have um, in secondary school? Um, I have no idea whether it's actually the right, whether it's actually sign language, but there was like, um, why don't you fuck off? And I can't remember. It was, there was, there was some like no, I don't remember that. sign, sign language, whether or not it was real sign language or whether it was just kids being. It's an Essex thing, mate. Not, not, not around here. Don't think so. I'm sure I've heard other people, um. But yeah, there was there was some there was some sort of like thing 
and like fuck off was like yeah oh i do remember i think i might I, mm, it's it's stirring a memory yeah and it's one it's one of those things that goes through secondary schools like you know you know the like the blocky s that you draw oh god yeah the, everybody the, you do knows the three lines then you do another yeah. three lines and then you do the triangle at top and bottom and then you draw the yeah. lines between them in yeah. the middle yeah, Every, yeah everybody knows the s and for some reason at some point in your secondary school life you will learn how to how to do that and there are other random things and like this sign language swear words um was also for some reason a thing okay who knows i think that's it for friday unless you've got anything else um no i think i just have have uh pictures of some uh, pokemon terrariums yeah, and, I think we played uh, we played snapshot after that, and then we went and spoke to the deck chairs on the Titanic person. We didn't yeah. really have a look at the game, but again, there's a video interview with him uh, on our YouTube channel, yeah. and I, I think that was that was it. I think I bought a candle. Oh, you did? Which candle did you buy? I bought uh, the potion of animal friendship. Uh, I can't remember who did it. <laughs> Because I didn't take a picture of their stand. Let's Google that, shall we? The potion just... of animal friendship, yeah? Yeah. I mean, that's probably a potion that's in D&D. That's why they've named Candle. it that. Yeah. Uh, potion of magic art? No, because the potion of animal friendship is a real thing. We know that. D&D themed candles. Let's have a look. Uh, where's a whimsy? Yes, that's the one. Um, and I was going to get some stickers off them, but they'd run out of... The there's a tiny spider crawling up trying to crawl across my telephone screen. Um, that's right. I, I was going to get a your telephone. Of that's very posh. Yeah. It's have it's having it's having. Is it a spider? I can't tell. <laughs> Someone wants to be famous. You won't get famous on this podcast, mate. No, you're too small to make noise. Um, yes, I was going to buy some of their stickers, but they'd sold out in like the half day that it had been open of uh, yeah. the one that I wanted. Um, I also took some pictures of some art and some T-shirts and uh, food. Oh, yeah, I took, a pi- I took a picture of Longboat, which I uh, eventually went back and bought from Whiteheart Games. Oh, yeah, they were next to um, uh, Deck Chairs on the Titanic, weren't they? Yes, they were. Um, Where's and Whimsy do have lots of the stickers left on their Etsy page. I've just sent you a link, so there you go. It's not a. It's a tiny green fly, baby. Ah, uh, not a spider. That's probably coming off of the garden. Silly thing. Where's and Whimsy? Go away. I've sent you a link in the chat. Oh, I wasn't looking at that page at the time. Lame. Whatevs. Right, so that's Friday then. So Saturday, ah, this is a game I bought. This is Out of Order from Gibson's Games, which is a fun little trivia game. And the reason I was so attracted to this is because uh, it's, I don't know if it's based on, but it's the same concept of a classic to Ronnie sketch where Ronnie Corbett is on Mastermind and Ronnie Barker is asking him questions, but he's answering the previous question. So, but the answers all sort of are funny if they are the answer to the question that he's actually asking. 
So you have to watch the sketch to um, understand. In fact, I'll put a little audio clip in it here in case anyone hasn't heard it before. And so to our first contender. Good evening, your name please. Uh, good evening. Your, first, your chosen subject was answering questions before they were asked. This time you have chosen to answer the question before last each time. Is that correct? Charlie Smithers. <laughs> and your time starts now. What is paleontology? Yes, absolutely correct. <laughs> What's the name of the directory that lists members of the peerage? A study of old fossils. <laughs> Who are Len Murray and Sir Geoffrey Howe? Burks. <laughs> correct. What is the difference between a donkey and an ass? Uh, one's a trade union leader, the other's a member of the cabinet. <laughs> Complete the quotation to be or not to be? They're both the same. <laughs> what is Bernard Manning famous for? That is the question. <laughs> who is the present Archbishop of Canterbury? He is a fat man who tells blue jokes. <laughs> what do people kneel on in church? The Right Reverend Robert Runcie. <laughs> what do tarantulas prey on? Hassocks. <laughs> What would you use a ripcord to pull open? Large flies. <laughs> what sort of a person lived in Bedlam? A parachute. Correct. What is a jockstrap? A nutcase. <laughs> For what purpose would a decorator use methylene chlorides? Uh, a form of athletic support. Correct. <laughs> What did Henri de Toulouse-Lautrec do? Uh, paint strippers. <laughs> Who is Dean Martin? Um, he's a kind of artist. Yes, what sort of artist? Um... <laughs> Pass. That's near enough. <laughs> what make of vehicle is the standard London bus? A singer. Correct. <laughs> In 1892, Brandon Thomas wrote a famous long-running English farce. What was it? British Island. <laughs> Correct. Complete the following quotation. I've started, so I'll finish. Complete the following quotation about Mrs. Thatcher. Her heart may be in the right place, but her... Charlie's aunt. Correct. <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is a game where you have a card with five questions on, I think. And the first question you always answer with the phrase, out of order. And then you have to remember that question and the next question. But then when the next question is asked, you've got to give the answer to the first question. But they all, but like the two Ronnie sketch, they all sort of do make sense, don't they? They're like yeah. comedy answers to the other question. So I really enjoyed that. I thought it was funny. And so that's why I bought a copy. As, uh, it's, I thought it was quite a unique little twist on the trivia genre. So having to remember two questions at once and make sure you give the right answer is uh, a bit tr trickier than, uh, yeah. than standard. Next up, I've got the Detective Society. So uh, they are the people doing the escape room in a box type things, but they're doing ones that are ser a series of episodes. So we got to play like a little demo adventure that they put together, which probably took about, what, 10 minutes? Uh, where someone at the expo was going to be murdered and we had to try and figure out who it was, or was murdered. I can't remember if they were actually murdered or not. Yeah, they were murdered. Yeah. Uh, 
So we had to try and find the person who was doing the evil murdering, um, which we did successfully. So I bought a copy of this game, and we have played the first chapter. Uh, yeah, we? So, we have now, yeah. Yes, um, we'll talk about it more in our next episode, but uh, I thought it was very enjoyable, and I'm looking at the, buying the next the next chapter as well, because we need to know how the story progresses, don't we? Yeah. We want to find out how or why Timothy Lee got into his coma. I know. I've got, I think, the secret cat shot next, which you were spent a lot of time um, debating with yourself which, which pins you wanted to buy, didn't you? I also took a bunch of pictures at one of the uh, vendors. Yes, I've got a few from one Prior of the retailers. I think it was Travelling Man. Uh, and I took a lot of pictures of, like, kids' stuff because... Uh, our niece is nearly four, at which point some games actually start um, start being available. But before the cat shop, I stopped and had a talk um, with the guy who has done Delve, the solo map drawing game. Uh, I think it was Blackwell Blackwell Games. Oh yes, I remember you were. With, yes, you. Yeah, and I bought a copy of Apothecaria, which is one of their other games, um, and he very kindly gave me a free copy of Delve for us to have a have a look at as the podcast. And I also bought some stuff from a slightly different um, seller, who's. Uh, who I haven't managed to take a picture of the name of her stall, um, but she had some really cute cards um, that had like Pokemon and Lord of the Rings and uh, Mass Effect characters and stuff on. Um, yeah. And I bought a few cards. And then we get to uh, Secret Cat, where uh. I bought some uh, pins which I have up on my uh, pin banner thingy, what's it? Um, and I bought, there was a, a Cerberus goose, which is a three-headed goose. Oh. Um, there was a lynx. Not, not a goose that is uh, working for the elusive man. No. Okay. Um, Bit of a Mass Effect humour for all you uh, <laughs> fans out there. Yeah. There was... Um, uh, a cat with wings and a lynx with some flowers around it. And I think, is that all of them? I think it is. Yeah. Okay. I think that's all of them. Um, and then... Do they have an Etsy store? Uh, I believe so, yes, because I got stuff from them two years ago as well. Okay. Um, Secret cat shop. I know it's secretcatshop.co.uk. Uh, and then they've got links to all their stuff on there. Um, and then I think we went to see a certain uh, show. Oh, a certain show, yes. In a yes. room that was quite dark. Although it wasn't. Although it wasn't actually that there were two dark. massive doors with um, Huge glass windows. windows. Yeah. Which, to be honest, just made, the, made it even more hilarious. Yes. So we went to see Mr. Robinson. <laughs> We did, uh, as is tradition now. We saw our customary dark room experience. 
we're going to see him again in a couple of weeks as well, but not yes. doing the dark room, just doing regular old stand up. Although what what John Robertson's regular old stand up is, um, I'm excited to see. I I don't know. No, it's going to be good though, isn't it? Yeah. I wonder if he'll bring any of his Twitch characters along. I like don't Aussie know. Dad. Potent- and, potentially. Uh, what's the name of the uh, the kawaii Japanese girl? Kevin Chan. Kevin Chan, that's it. Oh, Kevin thinks he's a kawaii girl. Okay. Kevin Kevin Chan is Kevin Chan. Okay. <laughs> and, of course, the Pope. Oh, yes, the Pope. And the dolphin. Uh, then I think I just have pictures of stuff <laughs> i've got pictures of food so i think i think i don't think i and, and on sunday i don't think i have any pictures of sunday because um most of sunday was spent doing videos wasn't it so yeah sunday i've got a picture of library labyrinths yes and, the, and uh, then the awards <laughs> oh the awards yes yes where at least one person it's obligatory at least one person has to drop their award on the floor yeah. it just that's just you know compulsory Right, so let me look at the list of videos then, see if there's anything we haven't talked about. So we've done board games, the board game, the card game. We've done Cobble Path. We've, we've briefly mentioned Deck Chairs and the Titanic. Don't turn off the lights. Ah, Walnut Games was, was on there, which was um, because I backed one of their games on Kickstarter, was it last year? A little card game. And um, I saw him posting on the BGG forums and I thought, um, oh, um, do you fancy having a chat? And he said, yeah. Of course, no problem. And in fact, he even said to me after that, he went and watched some of our videos from the last expo and he actually changed the design of his um, uh, banner backdrop things because of that, because he realised that um, the ones he'd gone wouldn't stand out, the ones he'd had done wouldn't stand out enough. So oh, that was quite nice. Yeah. So we, we helped him. Uh, Big Punch Studios we spoke to. Uh, we saw Sandwich Masters, which is a game I backed on Kickstarter many, many years ago, but has since had a second edition and has just finished uh, kickstarting their expansion, Bread Rolls. So we talked all about that. Uh, we saw Tom from Redwell Games, who showed us the correct way to play Six Gun Showdown without me hovering my hands over the cards. Yep. Uh, Solar Sphere, Library Labyrinth, Amulet of Thrax, Horror in the Library, and Autismo. So yeah, that we've we've talked about everything that we uh, we recorded interviews with at the show. So yeah, um, that's the end. That's the weekend. It summed up for us, I think, pretty much. Um, I had a great time, and it was nice to. I don't want to say have some normality because it wasn't quite normal, but. There's a lot of people who have a lot of anxiety about get th- about things getting back to normal, about sort of mingling with people, and I think um, the show did a lot to put my mind at ease about that kind of thing, and it's made me a lot more comfortable in situations like that going forward. Yeah, I think I think it was helpful. Everybody was just being, you know, everyone was sensible. Yeah, there weren't any dickheads or you know, and I also like the fact that they were. Um, that they had a portable vaccination centre set up outside, and they were um, encouraging people to get their second doses if their uh, if their eight weeks had passed, which yeah. is quite nice. If you had if you had if you'd had the first dose of was it Pfizer they were doing, so if you'd had your first dose of Pfizer and your eight weeks had passed, then you could just walk in and get your second dose there and then, mm. which uh, which I thought was really nice, really cool. 
So yeah, that's UKG 2021. We are looking forward to UKG 2022. They have announced the dates already, which are the 3rd to the 5th of June next year. And our hotel is already booked. Indeedy doody. Uh, so hopefully you won't be sleeping. Well, you won't be sleeping on a blow-up bed this year, right? I do apologise for that. Because the website did say sofa bed in the apartment. But there wasn't a sofa bed. There was a blow-up bed. Yeah. But at least we didn't have to blow it up ourselves. Yes, it did have a... It was powered to blow it up itself. So that's the end of another episode. Um, regular programming will resume next time. And... We hope to have interviewed Angela from um, Toon Hammer Games um, for their game Arcosa, which we've already done a written review on, and but it's relaunching on Kickstarter next month. So um, we're going to try and get her on to have a chat about about that, and because uh, we really enjoyed the game, and I think it uh, deserves to fund and do very well. So that's coming up hopefully next month. For now, if you want to follow us on social media, you know where we are. We are on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. We are at TOGCAST on those platforms. You can uh, listen to us by subscribing in your favourite podcast app, or you can go directly to soundcloud.com forward slash offline gamer. You can watch all of our YouTube videos, including all the lovely interviews we've talked about today, at youtube.com forward slash the offline gamer. And you can check out all of this and more direct on our website, which is www.offlinegamer.co.uk. And finally, if you like what we do and would like to give us a bit of support, and thank you to the person who gave uh, gave us a small donation for producing the uh, the map, the UKG annotated map again this year. It was very nice of you. And uh, if you want to join that person in giving us a little bit of cash, you can do it on our Kofi page. Now we know how it's pronounced. I thought we decided it was coffee. No, we heard the woman on the video. Yeah, but you said it was coffee. No, it's Kofi. Okay. You said coffee last time. No, I didn't. Didn't you? Okay, fine. Because the woman says Kofi. Okay, Kofi page. ko-fi.com forward slash Todcast. Kofi.com forward slash Todcast. You'd think it would be coffee because they say to you... It's um, as much as a cup of coffee. A cup of coffee, but no, it is Kofi. You, I'm dating myself now. You're gonna, I'm going to have to go and check again. I've probably like double bluffed myself here. Yeah. Let me have a look. Kofi on YouTube. We'll, we'll have to set up some Kofi membership levels and then it'll be just like Patreon. I'm Jenna, Community Manager here at Kofi. And in this video, I'm going to tell you how you can fund your passions with your own Kofi page. It's not playing my thing because it's trying to play it through the fucking Oh, well, she says Kofi. Okay. And she's the community manager, so she would know. Okay, fine. So on that note, um, yeah, we'll see you all probably in a couple of weeks. So um, it's goodbye from me. And goodbye from me. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.